Hey everyone, we are here and thank you for joining me today at New Hope Radio and the Hope Club Podcast. Uh, you know, we now come to a very important part of making pottery. We've been in a series entitled The Potter and the Clay. And this aspect that we'll be speaking about today, it is vital. And it's going to affect the way you look at people in your life. Especially the people, here it comes, that bother you. (laughs) Do you have any people that bother you? Maybe I bother you. I don't know. I know I bother some. But this series is vital. Because in the series, The Potter and the Clay, we're learning about how God works in the life of the believer. And uh, here's what we've seen so far, right? He procured the clay, cleansed the clay, prepared it for shaping. He knew what he wanted to do with it. He placed it on the wheel, shaped it, and molded it. And that's kind of like God working in us, isn't it? Dug us from the pit, sanctified us, He has a plan for our life, trying to make us Christ-like. That's the goal. So now, the potter has done all that work, and now it's time to decorate it. We're going to see that God has that same intention for us as well. Yes, because remember, The vessel is to have strength, beauty, and purpose, okay? All three. So we do not leave out the beauty part of the vessel. And today we're going to talk about God making us beautiful, okay? And let's not forget, every time the potter touches the clay, he dips his hands in water, and that makes the work go smoothly. And remember, we said, if God's going to work in your life and shape you and mold you, you need to apply the water of the Word. Because if you don't, oh, the work's going to go very difficult. There's going to be a lot of friction. See, when the potter touches the clay, if his hands aren't wet, there's friction. It dries out the clay. And when God works in our life, and we don't apply the water of the Word to the circumstances of our life, There's friction, and the work goes very, very difficult. Okay? Now, again, let's get back to the beauty of the vessel. Every vessel has to have beauty. We saw that last time in the Lord Jesus, right? The greatest vessel ever made. So today we talk about decorating the vessel. See, a pottery vessel that was pleasing to look at would brighten up any home. Let's remember that in our homes. Probably many of you have things in your home to brighten it up. You know, ornaments, knickknacks, plaques on the wall, give God thanks, all kinds of stuff to kind of brighten up. You don't live in a shoebox. You brighten it up. And we buy vessels and make vessels to brighten them up. So, so was it back in the first century. And even before that, okay? So, there were always those lumps of clay that did not cooperate with the potter. 
But the potter was wise enough to find a use for them anyway. And sometimes, a, you know, the, the clay wouldn't cooperate, so he'd throw it out in the dump. And the fragment of the earthenware was called a sherd or a potsherd, the result of broken or useless clay. And that shows up in Job chapter 2, verse 8. Remember poor Job? Man, he went through it all, right? Lost his children, his servants, his livestock. Lost it all. His health. And we find him in chapter 2, verse 8, where he took a pot shirt to scrape himself while he was sitting among the ashes. So he's got a piece of broken pottery. And he's scraping the boils off of his body. So even a broken piece of pottery serves... A purpose. The pot sherd could also be used to take ashes from a fireplace or scoop water out of a bucket, or it would be used to decorate the vessel. Now, here is one of those places that the Christian never wants to find himself. Okay? You don't want to be here. All right? After the vessel has been shaped, fired, and hardened, If the piece was unacceptable, it could not be remade, so it had to be smashed and thrown out. And there would be so much of this stuff that a special dumping area was designated just for the potsherds. Did you know that? Yeah. Matter of fact, the prophet Jeremiah talked about it in chapter 19, verse 2, where God said, Go out to the valley of Ben-Hinnom which is by the entrance of the potsherd gate. See, they had a little dumping ground for broken pottery. And proclaim there the words that I tell you. And then he told Jeremiah he was going to pronounce a strong discipline upon Israel for their idolatry. And he said, Then you ought to break the jar in the sight of the men who accompany you and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Just so, will I break this people and this city even as one breaks a potter's vessel which cannot be repaired. So, you get the point. When a potter made a vessel and it didn't come out the way he wanted it to, it ended up in the dump. And God is using that example for Israel. He said, you guys are so bad, I can't even repair you. And you're going to come under divine discipline. Now, God's original intention for Israel was never realized. Instead of a beautiful cup, or a bowl, or a vase, now it can only be used to scoop ashes out of a fire. The broken pot sherd was useless when looked at, but it was sharp and easy to handle, and it would be used, here it comes, to decorate the vessel. This answers the question today. Why are there so many jerks in the world? I'm going to tell you why. Okay? I'm going to tell you why there's people like that, that are just jerky, and they do dumb things. Right? They do it on the highway. They do it in the store. Wherever you find people. (laughs) Wherever you find people. That's where you find them. Okay? So, let me give you some methods of decorating the vessels, okay? One method was a woven rope 
would be pressed into the surface, making scratches on the soft clay, right? Let's say the rope had a nice braid to it. They'd press it on the clay after it was shaped, and it would leave those nice indentations, nice braid. Uh, sometimes colored clay would be added to the outside. And then there was what's called burnishing. This is where the vessel was returned to the wheel. A piece of pottery or a pot sherd was held up against the surface. So as the pot spun, he would take that broken pottery, the pot sherd, hold it up against the pot, and it would what? Smooth and shine the pot. And then when it was fired in the kiln, it would shine. It's kind of like ancient sandpaper, so to speak. Okay? So the wheel turns, the clay spins, and he rubs the pot sherd against the vessel. Now, question. Does God have a use for the person who has reached that stage of being totally incapable of adding beauty and service to the kingdom of God? And I would say, yes. He uses them to burnish other believers. And this is why it's so important to continue to add the water of the word of God while the potter is working in your life. Because those broken, broken pot sherds that God is going to use, those people that get under your skin, they got no manners, no etiquette, God is using them to polish you. See, as humans, we instinctively want the undesirables out of our life. You ever pray that? Oh, God, please get this one out of my life. Please take that one. I prayed that, and you know what? God answered it. <laughs> he did. There's some people, man, they bugged me so much. I said, bro, God, take them away. And eventually he did. But I'm learning something here. I'm learning that there is some that he doesn't take away. You know why? For the purpose of burnishing. We're talking today about decorating the vessel, making the vessel beautiful. And God wants to make us beautiful. And that requires burnishing. You know, decorations appear on even the cheap cooking vessels of Bible times. They would just put maybe simple scratches on the cheaper ones just to give it, you know, a sense of design. But then the more expensive the piece, the more work went into it and more decorating, including burnishing. Now, you might be familiar with a passage, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And here's the example of using iron to rub against another piece of iron to do what? To sharpen it. Now, this proverb is generally used to explain how the meeting of the minds can stimulate and inspire one another. Right? You got two people coming together and they sharpen each other through their intellect. But how about something a little more applicable? How about this? And I'm just going to make it simple. Iron sharpens iron. God uses the lowlifes to give beauty to his people. So, 
instead of reacting, you know what you say? Thank you for burnishing me. (laughs) That's not easy, is it? I just got burnished yesterday, and I didn't say thank you. (laughs) I mean, this is something we really have to think about. You know, I'm driving down the road, this guy pulled out in front of me, almost ran me off the road like he was in a hurry. But then he pulled over to the side and stopped like he wasn't going anywhere. And I didn't say thank you for burnishing me. I just said, you jerk. (laughs) But I should have said thank you for burnishing me. So I'm going to practice that one. But you see, here's what the Bible says. Speaking speaking about God using lowlifes to make us shine. In Romans 9.17, speaking of Pharaoh, God said, For the Scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I raised you up, to demonstrate my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. See, he raised up Pharaoh. Pharaoh was not a nice guy. Pharaoh enslaved the Hebrews. He treated them harshly, took away their tools, made life very difficult for them. He wouldn't let them go out into the wilderness to worship God. And when God brought the plagues through Moses, he continued to harden his heart, even though his own people were suffering. He was a bad dude. He was the lowlife of the ancient days. And yet God said, I raised you up. You know why I raised you up, Pharaoh? That my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. And you know what's interesting? When the Hebrews attacked Jericho, and you remember Rahab, who was a Jerichite, she hid the spies. And the reason she hid the Hebrew spies and didn't didn't turn them into her own people, you know what she said? We heard about your God. We heard about what your God did to the Egyptians and how he brought the plagues. We heard about the power of your God and how he parted the sea. So word did spread years later. People were still talking about it. So you see how God used Pharaoh to do what? Burnish Moses. And Moses came out shining, didn't he? He did okay. He did okay, better than me, that's for sure. How about the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul is in a dungeon. He's in jail. Actually, when he wrote this, I don't think he was in a dungeon. I think he was just in a jail. Not a bad condo, kind of speak. And he said, My circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. In other words, here I am locked up. He was actually with the Praetorian God, the elite soldiers of Rome, chained to a soldier all day and all night. But he said, you know what? This allowed the gospel to go forward. You know why? Because every soldier that was chained to him heard the gospel through Paul. So he said, yes, this situation, eh, it's not the greatest, but I'm going to use it. So the point is that there are things that are antagonistic in our life. And if you can recognize them, you might see them as God making you beautiful, shining you. But remember this, 
You've got to add the water of the word. If you don't add the water of the word, there's going to be friction. And the work's not going to go well. And you're going to be unhappy, miserable, and complaining. And you're not going to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's why we need the water of the word all the time. I want you to see the beauty of the Apostle Paul that came from burnishing. Galatians 6.17, you tell me if this wasn't beautiful to God. Paul said, from now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. You know, the word brand marks, it means a brand or a tattoo. He wore the branding of Jesus. How? Oh, are you kidding me? Whipped five times with 39 lashes, stoned, beaten, shipwrecked. Can you imagine what his back looked like? And you know what he called it? The mockings that show I belong to Christ. His suffering, the antagonism that he faced, was a symbol of his faithfulness to God. And that's why in our own antagonisms, when things come against us, there are opportunities to earn brand marks. Brand marks to show our faithfulness to God. Not to retaliate, not to get revenge, but to show faithfulness to God. You know, I read where King Arthur, when they send out the uh, the knights in the Crusades, when they came back from battle, he'd have them all lined up and he'd inspect them. And you know what he looked for? Scars. And those that had a scar demonstrated faithfulness to the king. And if a soldier came back and didn't have a scar, you know what he said? Go back and get your scar. You go back in the battle. And you get a scar. Show me that you fight, that you fought, and you put your life on the line. These are our brand marks. Ask yourself, do I have any brand marks? Do I have any things in my life, any symbols in my life that showed I was faithful to God and I was burnished by antagonistic people? Remember, iron sharpens iron. Hard clay beautifies soft clay. That's how that works, right? The pot sherd is a hard piece of pottery, but it's beautifying the soft pottery before it goes into the kiln. So they're hard. They're hard-hearted. They're mean. And you're tender-hearted. But you let it burnish you. And you let it beautify you. So it's a picture where man rubs up against man, right? That's, maybe that's where we get that saying. Somebody rubs you the wrong way, right? If they're rubbing up you, let's say, God, they're burnishing. Let the work continue. And what's the result? God's people become beautified, and his wonder is proclaimed throughout the earth. The most beautiful people in the world should be the people of God.
not necessarily attractive physically, but spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, because we have the wisdom of God. It's the way we go through life. We make, we have hopefully an appealing way that our life is appealing to others the way we live life through our conversation, through our behaviors, through our care and concern for others. The way we take it. Yeah, so you turn the other cheek. You know, we go the extra mile. We do the things that make us beautiful and reveal the spirit of Christ in this life. That's what we do. That's our life here. So there is beauty that God wants to bring into your life. This will come at the cost of having to deal with something in more than a human way. It must be a divine way. Okay? So in other words, when things come up against us, people come up against us, we don't deal with them in a human way. We deal with them in a divine way. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Paul said, right? But principalities and powers and high places. So we've got to have a divine approach. We've got to have a spiritual approach because it really is a spiritual warfare. It is. You can't fight spiritual warfare in the flesh. You're out, you're already outmanned. The spiritual realm is much more powerful than the, the, than the human realm. So we have to up our game. And we have to be in that battle spiritually. And you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the Word of God. You've got the indwelling Christ. I mean, they, come on. There's no reason why we can't get in there and be victorious. We're already more than conquerors, right? So think about it. Yes, we are surrounded by potsherds. <laughs> we are. And God will use them to decorate his vessels. He will. Here's what I say. Stay on the wheel and add water. That's it. Don't jump ship. Don't say, uh, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not being a Christian anymore because I'm going to go punch somebody in the nose. No, stay on the wheel and add water. When you stay on the wheel, you're allowing the potter to continue to work and just keep adding water, the water of the word. And like a beautiful vase brightens up a room, you will be a vessel of God. And you know what you will do? You will brighten up someone's life. You will brighten up the lives of many people, all those that come in contact with you. Because the flavor of Christ will emanate from you. You know, it's like falling into a bed of roses. You come out smelling like roses. You smell like whatever you get around. And you hang around Christ and begin to smell like him. And you begin to look like him. And you begin to act like him. And before you know it, the world has a picture of what Jesus looks like. They do. And they got it from what? From you. Because you stayed on the wheel, you added water while God was doing the burnishing. And you come out beautiful. Now, you know what the next step is after the burnishing? <laughs> We're going to talk about this next time. Firing the vessel.
What is that? That's when you put the vessel in the heat. Oh, you thought today was tough. Wait till next time. The pot is going to put the vessel in the heat. Why? That's what makes it strong. The burnishing makes it beautiful, but the heat makes it strong. You need both, right? And once you're beautiful, and once you're strong, now you become serviceable. And isn't that what we said vessels are? Beautiful, strong, and serviceable. And there we are. So join me next time because there's a purpose for the heat. There's a purpose for the furnace, right? We've talked about being in the furnace at times, right? And there is a purpose for that. And you got to stay in the furnace. And maybe like the Hebrew boys, you'll see a fourth man in there as well. Maybe Jesus will meet you in the furnace. And we're going to see something about the potter. And you know what it is? He knows exactly how to control the heat. He knows too much heat, that'll destroy the pot. Not enough heat, that's not going to make the pot strong. That the, the heat has to be just right. So God knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, he knows what he's doing in all of our lives. The simple key, let him do his work. That's what we do. We let him do his work. You don't be a quitter. You don't be a complainer. You don't look for an easy way. You just keep adding the water of the word. You let God do his work. And that's when the magic happens. That's when you become beautiful in the eyes of the Lord and in the eyes I'm liking this. Because it's a reminder. It's a reminder on how to act and not be like the low life. Not be like the jerk. But be the Christ-like salt and light that God has called us to be. That's so important. And that's where we find joy and fulfillment. When you become what God wants you to be, there's joy in that. That's the place of joyful fulfillment. Don't forget the Hope Club podcast. Get our messages on demand. Anywhere podcasts are found, just type in the Hope Club podcast. Also, join the Hope Club and get a devotional every day in your email box. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. It's all there. Help us out. We help you. We all grow together and we spread the word of God. Thanks for coming along today. We'll see you next time as we fire the vessel right here on New Hope Radio.